Hello and welcome back to the Paddock Picks podcast, episode 14. Uh, once again on the line is my co-host, Charlie Post. Charlie, uh, just speaking off air there about uh, your time at Goodwood, was it a, a fruitful day on the Tuesday? Uh, it was fruitful in so much as that I drank plenty of champagne and had a lovely <laughs> day. It definitely wasn't fruitful from a punting point of view, as in it was, yeah, it was pretty hopeless on the on the Tuesday, as in I should have just gone for the obvious and and. and had a, had had all my money on Trushan as he probably was the best bet of the day, but I was I was trying to find value, Dom, which uh, sometimes in life is is actually a false economy. You're better off just back in the winner, aren't you? <laughs> of course you are. Yeah, always uh, always go with your head over your heart. I think it's probably the best advice from from punting on horses that I've learned. Um, myself and Charlie delighted to be to be joined this week by popular national hunt jockey Tom Scudamore. Tom, thanks for your time. How's it going? Very good indeed. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Very good indeed. Fantastic. Um, Tom, what we normally do on the show, uh, just to kickstart, is a, a few quickfire Q&As. I'll throw them both your way and Charlie's way. Uh, we'll see if we can get a, a difference in opinion on any of these kind of talking points and topics from the recent weeks. Uh, Charlie, I'll come to you first. Uh, Gareth Southgate, yay or nay to be in charge uh, of the World Cup uh, for England's World Cup squad next year? Yay, unless he, unless he decides he doesn't want to. I mean, I think it's hard to criticise the, the job he's done. I mean, like, crikey, a, a World Cup semi-final and then a, and then a Euros final. To to me as an England fan, a long-suffering fan, as in I don't remember much about sort of uh, Italia 90, a bit more about Euro 96. But in between that time, it's been fairly ordinary fare. And, and I think he's done a brilliant job. He seems to have got them together as a unit and, and they all seem to actually enjoy playing for England more than more than I ever remember. So definite mm. Gareth to stay for me. Yeah. Tom, would you echo those thoughts? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree entirely what, what Charlie has to say. Um, you know, just the, the way that um, they've all conducted themselves um, both on and off the pitch, I think um, is a great credit to everybody. And you know, he's certainly the man for the job. Yeah, I think uh, football will come home uh, at some point soon with this crop of players without a shadow of doubt. Uh Peter Kay uh, is set to return to Stand Up for Charity uh, later this year. Tom, Max and Paddy's Road to Nowhere or Phoenix Nights? Did you have a, a particular preference on those two Peter uh, Kay shows? Tough, tough one. I, I enjoyed them both, um, but I suppose the original is always the best. So I'd I, I come down slightly in favour of, of Phoenix Nights. Um, so, yeah, I'm a massive fan of Peter Kay's. It's great that um, you know he's making his first public appearance for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's it, it, it's just great that he's that he that he's back um, doing what he does best. Quite right, yeah. Uh, Charlie, would you sway one way or the other? Bit of a mutual love in this so far. Yeah, I think the <laughs> the original is always the best. So I'm I'm going with Phoenix Knights as well. Okay. Um, a music artist, Charlie. I'll come to you first. A music artist that you find underrated, or you simply think that more people should listen to. Right, that's a tough one to answer on the spot. Um, a music artist that I think is underrated or I think more people should listen to. Um, you might have to give me a moment more to think about that. Tom, <laughs> Tom Scoo might have one just off the top of his head. He, he, I mean, he plays the guitar a bit as well himself as well, so he's a musical <laughs> kind of guy. So he might be a bit more into knowing someone that's, that's sort of bubbling under about to burst onto the big timers and I might need a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, is there is there anyone from, from, even from, it doesn't have to necessarily be the modern day or someone in, in, no, in the past? I, I, to, be, to be honest, I'm, as Charlie would uh, say, I'm sort of more into, in, into the old music. Um, 
I suppose the sort of one I listen to the most that sort of nobody's really heard of, especially over here, is a group called the Be Good Tanyas. I'd listen to a bit of them. They're all, they're 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 quite good. Um, bit sort of country, starting you know, country. Um, I suppose this is just I think they're big in America, but um, they don't have much of a following over here. I suppose that they'd be the under the radar ones. But um, other than that, I listen to you know say most of the. Um, yeah, you know, the, the 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 biggest sellers of the sixties, seventies, and eighties would make up most of my musical taste. Yeah, you you yeah. if you want that dom, you should get Dave back on the podcast now. As in, he's yeah, one of yeah. those. But he he give you he give you some obscure finish yeah. heavy metal, and he, he's one of those um, that once they actually become mainstream, he no longer likes them. He thinks it's not cool, you know. You know, one of those people, those yeah. really annoying people that as soon as a band bursts onto the big time, he's like, no. Nah, don't like him anymore. He, he, he likes it. Yeah, exactly. Sold out. <laughs> sold out their soul. So yeah, Dave Bass would be a good one for a musical theme podcast. Oh, there we go. Well, I'll, I'll look forward to that one then. Um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of people. I don't understand. I think if you like a music artist, it doesn't particularly matter whether they're they're widely regarded or not. I mean, of course, obviously everyone's got their opinion, but uh, yeah, I think I think there's, there's a couple of sort of grime artists that I, I know a lot of grime fans. You know, Storms. He obviously very very popular. Um, you know, back in the days when he was he, he was up and coming a lot more you know a lot more people were into Ed Sheer and I think it's another one of those he, he kind of you know got big in America and all of a sudden people just have a bit of a, a distaste for him I think it's a, it's quite harsh um, Charlie do, do you need more time do you want me to come back to this maybe later in the show or, or... I've been next week next week, next week. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I like so much random stuff and, and like different <laughs> bands and main as in I, I couldn't really sort of pinpoint one that I feel is like that badly underrated or not listened to yeah I, I do love my music of course yeah um this this might be a slightly more simpler one um Tom I'll come to you first what's the best month of the year for horse racing would you say uh March yeah <laughs> very very simple that one I, I, I guess you'd say that I, I thought I was, I was having to think through April it. April would be second yeah of course yeah for the uh, obviously the Grand National um, I, I quite like October I think cause you've got quite a you know wide bit of diversity in there you know the Arc Champions Day uh, the Showcase meeting at Cheltenham obviously the Dewhurst at Newmarket um, but obviously of course I, I don't think anyone would uh, would knock you for say in March obviously with the festival uh, Charlie would, uh, would you be the same yeah, I mean, I suppose as from from Tom's point of view, as a, as a jockey still riding and, and having had plenty of success there, then March is a big one. And yeah, of course, as a jump racing fan, as much as I keep going on these things and talking about the fact that it, sometimes I'm not sure it's always the greatest positive that a whole jump season revolves around Cheltenham, but it is. The, I mean, it's, it's the best race in, in jumping anywhere in the world. So you've got to you've got to highlight March, but. I mean, certainly for as, as a flat racing fan, that you you're kind of spoilt with a lot more options, aren't you? Where we move yeah. through the season, and then it sort of meanders through, you know, the 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 Royal Ascot in June, and then Goodwood in in July, and then we got the Ebor meeting in August, and as you say, through to September and October, and Champions Day in the Arc, and the Breeders' Cup, and all those things. But mm. oh yeah, March as a jump racing man it, it doesn't get much better than that yeah it all, all culminates in that one doesn't it uh, thank you gentlemen some uh, some top class answers there uh, obviously we, we discussed Charlie's uh, trip to Goodwood early this week and, and we're kind of going to gonna shift off or, or I suppose remain with our focus on the flat but it's uh, it revolves around you Tom and of course uh, Soul Seekers win um, on, on Saturday your, your second victory in the Jump Jockeys non-thorpe handicap I believe yeah, I like to call it just an unthought. 
in the season. Um, yeah, it was, it was it was fabulous. It was uh, you know, great thrill. It's nice to do something different, and um, you know, thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I, I spend quite a lot of um, well, from sort of the end of April, I suppose, through till the end of September. I spend uh, quite a bit of that time um, writing work on the flat. Um, over at Richard Hannon's anyway, so um, I, you know, I, the flat's something I've really, really got into, and it, you know, it, it was, it was, it was great. You know, you're going to just to go to York. York's, a, mm. you know, an absolutely fabulous place to go to, and I strongly recommend to anyone that hasn't been to has, take a take a day out to York because it's, uh, you know, it, every time you see sort of race courses of the years, you know, York's normally uh, nominated for for it, and um, rightly so. It's uh, it's a fantastic track. Mm. And it's um, you know it was, it was a great thrill. Do they do they look after you well up there, Scoo? I know that guy. Yeah, they do. They they do. They they you know the course executive there make a real effort. You know, um, you know they they don't cut corners or anything. You know, they make it a, a really really good day. And um, and because of that, everyone's mad keen to ride. It. Unfortunately, this year I think there were only ten runners. Um, normally it's a full field, um, but it's I know you know it's, it's a race because of the way they look after us you know everyone's very very keen on 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 rising and you know there were there were a few long faces on thursday morning at 10 o'clock when a few of the lads realized they didn't have a ride so that, that yeah. tells you all you need to know but that that's purely you know look, it's fun to ride in the race and everything but it's it's purely really on 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 the way they they look after us and the way they treat us and we're extremely grateful for for them putting it on and you get a bit of crap with the flat jockeys in the weighing room yeah again that we you don't get to see them that often um you know you get to see that used to see them at sandown obviously they don't have the mixed meeting at sandown anymore so it's, it's only really haydock um you get to see them but i you know I've, I've got a few few friends who ride on the flat uh, and obviously i rode with jim crowley when he was over jumps but um you know it's, it's, it's great to see them to catch up with them and um you know i'm, I'm in you know, I have, I have a hell of a lot of admiration um, for what they do and, you know, the, the discipline in which they have to have uh, um, in order to do it. Mm. And just going to the Richard Hanning connection, what did you make of Snow Lantern yesterday? Yeah, um, she, look, we knew she was a Group 1 filly. Um, I thought she ran a, ran a cracking race yesterday. On another day, would she have finished closer? I think so. Um, she's a sort of filly where you do need things to go her way, I suppose. Going forward, um, she settled very well. You know, to, to, to do that twice in succession now, she's learned how to race, and you wouldn't be afraid of, of taking them all on again. Um, so, you know, she's a she's an absolute top notch. There's more Group Ones to win, and I think you know between her um, and and Andrew Bolding's horse. I mean, you know, alcohol free. I mean, they're 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 two cracking fillies and. Um, you know, it is a case of whichever one is the best on the day is winning. I don't think either of them um, at the moment. You know, it's sort of two-one probably in in alcohol freeze favour. Um, you know, you wouldn't you 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 you'd be a brave man and to to say that one was better than the other at the moment. You know, granted everything. And just just coming back, uh, obviously to, to yourself, Tom. Um, I was going to get Charlie's opinion as well, of course. Charlie, I suppose. You know, obviously Tom heading up to York. You know, one ride, one win. That's about as good as it gets for any jockey, I'm assuming. You know, that that 100 percent strike rate and and the long journey. You know, up to York is is worth it. You know. 
yeah, I mean, I think from a point of view of like, like you say, a rider. I mean, going anywhere, if you, if you have a if you have a winner on a day, certainly from a jumping point of view, it's it's a good day, and that and yeah, going up for one ride, it, it certainly makes it more reward when you have a winner. I, I think Tom's already alluded to with with the the sort of event that he won on Saturday. You know, it's, it's a buzz to win it, of course, mm. but it, I I think for the jumping lads, it's more about the fact that it's actually a, just a, it's a nice day out to go and do yeah. something different, be entertained by the race course and to top it all off with winning it and winning it for the second time. Uh, it's probably made it a lovely day out for Tom and his family, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it did. And there's there's so few occasions you get a chance to do that. You know, there's, there's very few blank Saturdays uh, in the calendar. And, you know, you know I say it's like, it would have been wonderful to go to Goodwood this week, but I haven't been able to go because... I've been here, there, and everywhere racing, um, and it was the same with Royal Ascot. So to go, be able to go and, and, and see the see the top quality racing there, you know, to go and see. I know he got beat, but um, I, I was I've been trying to work it out so I could go and watch Mufasa at some point during the season. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's great to go and watch watch these athletes and to see something different. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, Tom, just just a quick one: um, a three-mile steeplechase or a five-furlong sprint? Which one leaves you more out of breath? Um, it depends. It depends. Uh, it's got to be a three-mile steeplechase. It's pretty straightforward. Mm. The five-furlong sprint the other day just had to sit and steer. But if you're riding a big lazy horse around <laughs> Exeter, um, <laughs> that, that is still got plenty to learn. Um, yeah, that I'd, I'd say that's more physically demanding, but um, yeah, you know, it's it's it, you know, you you certainly just because it's only five furlongs, you, you sort of can't take it for granted that it's just a breeze because yeah. um, you know, at, at forty five mile an hour, you know, <laughs> you've got to have your wits about you, and 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 there isn't there isn't really much time to think, which suits someone like me. Yeah, it's the sharpness, isn't it, skill on the flat, like in that yeah. sort of thing. That that's where those those flat riders are. Probably excel over their jumping counterparts. It's, it's making those yeah, split-second decisions. It, it's where something, it, it's something I've really enjoyed. I, mean, I wish I'd done it a long time ago. Ride work on the flat. Do you think it's, it's benefited like your riding? Really sharp and, yeah, yeah. Do you think it has yeah. helped? Because I was talking yeah. to Nigel Tinker about it the other day, and he was almost saying it's probably something every jump rider should do a bit of. You know. Yeah. I, w- I wish I, I wish I'd done it fifteen years ago. I really do. It's just a different way. It's you know, different. It's just that sharpness. So when you jump off on a on a jumper, you're sort of building. You know, you 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 winding it up all the way. Whereas the flat horses, you know, you you, you burst right up on the flat horse. It's just a different way. They're they their first three, four, five strides. They just let it run and then come back. You try and hold the flat horse for the first five or six strides. They run away with you because that's just what they're used to. It's just it's just a slightly different technical thing, but it's it's. It just gets you sharper, it gets you tighter, um, and I've, I've, I've really, really enjoyed it. But it's something that I wish I'd done 15 years ago. Well, it looks as though, obviously, I think for the next or uh, the conclusion of Market Raisins meeting on Sunday, Tom, am I right in saying that National Hunt jockeys will will be allocated a, a bit of a 13-day break? Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So we get a, we get a bit of a holiday then. Um, which is which is it's fine. It's nice to have a, a few days off, but then um, you know it's, it's probably it's it's a funny one with with the break because uh, some people say we should have a longer break. I don't know. I, I think I think it's actually about right. I think if any, the only thing is when it, when it comes to the breaks, uh, it, it's not about the jockeys. It's about the the stable staff because 
you know, even like this time of year, there's still horses need looking after. There's still things to be done. So, so how you go about it, I don't know. But actually, from a from a jockey's point of view, um, since they sort of stopped the summer break, actually, I think it's benefited jockeys. It's helped them go on a bit longer. It keeps, you know, when dad was riding, he'd have six weeks off and they just go absolutely bananas for six weeks. You know, some <laughs> of them have on two, two and a half stones. So, you know, that can't be good for the body. And, you know, it, it, it's, um, so, you know, from, from, from a professional point of view, actually, I think that although yes, it is a treadmill and all the rest of it, I actually I, I think it's quite beneficial that 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 there isn't a big break. Yeah, yeah. For your career, I think I think helps you go on longer. Mm. Yeah, because Charlie, we've obviously spoke about it before the you know the HRI's decision to 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 do it, of course, for the the National Hunt Jockeys uh, across the Irish Sea. I think I think it was a, a sort of a, a twenty four day. Um, spell uh you know without racing and and i suppose you know jockeys lo- love the job they do and, and i suppose in any walk of life you know you can you do what you do because uh because you enjoy doing it but we all need a bit of respite every now and then don't we yeah a lot i think without that it's actually an interesting point that that screw makes and maybe one that i hadn't really sort of thought about uh when i sort of voiced my opinion about it before and and, and yeah maybe there is an argument but i think having a break with no racing as he's said, is, is a great thing for the for the teams of people that work behind the scenes in the yards at home. And, you know, I think you have to have a situation where there is no racing because it does force people to stop for a bit. As in, you, it, it's difficult when it's left up to the individual to take time out. And I don't know whether they could then have another another shorter break come September. I don't know if that's actually in the calendar this time round or not. So that, that there just are, there is the opportunity for the, for the guys and girls that are riding every day just to, to take a step back and spend some time with their family, which I think is very important. Having balance is, is massively important. Yeah, yeah, I think as Ollie and, and just going back to what 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 they did in Ireland, it, yeah. I think I mean, they have been muted over here, and I think in principle it's a great idea, mm. but in practice, whether it actually works. So, what it's there for is for the lads that you know, yeah. if, if they haven't ridden an X amount of winners. But all that happened really was that the conditional tip all they ride. So they're yeah. using seven pound claimers, five pound. So actually it's not beneficial to anyone because the young lads are having their claims ripped up through the times where it's where, you know, in, in, further down the line it might cost them a winner in the yeah. one of the big winter festivals or something in the big winter handicaps or the Galway plates or those races. It didn't to me it it, it didn't it, work for the ones it was meant to work for if that makes yeah. sense yeah yeah no it's a very good point to allude to i think and, and obviously like you, you talk about the you know the stable staff and and obviously these uh the, these these boys and girls who are riding out horses every single morning i was speaking to ollie murphy the other week and i think he was saying you know sort of just purely because of the heat you know the times obviously that, that, that they would normally ride horses out were being brought forward, you know, an hour or two in some cases, just to just obviously so the horses weren't getting too hard a time. So obviously, I'm sure that those uh, those same staff members will uh, will be enjoying a few lines over the next uh, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Tom, we'll, we'll talk about I suppose last season. Um, you wrote you wrote 65 winners. Uh, that was uh, at a 15 percent strike weight, which I believe was your your best uh, percentage return since the 2015-16 campaign. Um, coming up for the season head, is, is there any particular aims or or targets that you set yourself? A race that you'd perhaps like to win? Um, I'd always like to sort of get up and around 100 winners. It hasn't happened the last two seasons. 
um, haven't got near it. Um, so I, look, it, realistically, um, David probably doesn't have the firepower um, to help help me towards it at the moment. But um, look, I ride for a lot of good people. I'd like to think that I could still ride a hundred winners again. But if, if not, um, sort of you know, last season, I suppose I had a great season quality wise. Um, any good spare that came up, I, I managed to get on it, whether it was Mighty Thunder, Royal the guy, um, or Cloth Cap. So it was, you know, it, in that respect, it was it was a great season. Um, and you did the same there. You don't you don't get carried away. You're not thinking. You're not sat here thinking, God, you know, I need this to win this year or whatever. You know, yeah, you have you have little targets in mind. As I say, you, you know, you want to ride fifty and then try and ride hundred winners or ride a nice Saturday winner at some point. But you know, I always find if you if if you go looking for it, it, it sometimes doesn't happen. So, you know, if you just keep, if you if you look after today, tomorrow can look after itself. So from a from a personal point of view, all I ever want to do is just try and improve, cut out mistakes, and and the rest will follow from there. Yeah, Charlie, I suppose from from a former jockey's perspective, is it, it, it for this walk of life and and to be an athlete in this sport, is it, is it almost harder to set yourself those kind of goals and aims because obviously the rides and the race days are, are that thick and fast that you're always just focusing on you know the next ride if that makes sense. I think it makes perfect sense. I think target setting in, in this in this job is is a difficult one. I mean, yes, you can have like Tom said, you know, he'd, he'd like to ride 100 winners every year, but Things can change in the in the drop of a hat. You know, you go out and you, you get you break something or have a bad fall, and, and targets mean nothing if that makes sense. Uh, I think it, it is one of those jobs where, yes, you're hoping a few decent winners will come along during the year, and and that you will have you'll ride a decent amount of winners. But I, I think sometimes that the danger with racing when it's so orientated about what you are riding, and and it's you know the horse that does the majority of the performing, and and is, is that you can end up leaving yourself very disappointed if you, if you set targets that, that, that just for whatever reason don't play out. So it, it is an industry and, and a profession more and more where I think you just, you, you turn, take each day as it comes, try and be your best each day and, and do the best you can do and keep improving. And then, and then hope from your efforts and your hard work and your, and your abilities that, that the, uh, the, the numbers and the, and the quality follows on from that. Yeah. Uh, and Tom, you were at Stratford today, you were saying? Yeah, Stratford today, four rides here today, so see how we get on. And I believe there's uh, a couple of pony races taking place uh, after after the race <laughs> at Stratford today. I'm all right saying your daughter Margot is involved? Yeah, Margot's competing today. Myrtle competed at my second, so I've got three daughters. One, Margot's 14, the 15th of September. Myrtle's just turned 13, she turned 13 in May. And Ava Grace is... Uh, Young, she's bringing up the rear. She's only just over four months old. So mm-hmm. Myrtle and Margot uh, are both mad keen on, on, on not just ponies, but pony racing and, and competing. So Margot's here tonight on, on one of her ponies. So Myrtle was second at Windsor um, on Monday. And they were, both rode against each other a couple of times. But now we're making a, a concerted effort to keep them apart. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, we uh, we wish... Well, we so, yeah, wish... race. There's a lot of race. There's a lot of race 
planning going on. Yeah, very tricky. There's a lot of race planning going. Of on. course, yeah. Well, we obviously we hope it's a it's a, it's a profitable day for uh, for the Scudamore family at, at Stratford um, this this uh, afternoon and evening. Obviously, shout out to Wendy for uh, for letting me know that, that there was two pony races taking place <laughs> after the action today. Um, Charlie, I was going I was going to go back to you. Has there been any any further progress on your polo since we last spoke? No, I had I had tea. I didn't go down last week. I'm trying to get a, a, a slot in this week to go and have another bit of a a, a stick and ball and knock about. It's, it's, it's like I say, Dom. This is a plan that, that's gathering momentum. My my, <laughs> my my new in-laws and their family are mad keen on it. So yeah, as in a, I'm sure this will happen next year that I'll end up playing the odd the odd game or two. It's good. Uh, yeah, fun. Yeah, it is good fun. As in, uh, it's fun I enjoyed, yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. As in, that, yeah, well, no different to go. I'll be sport mad, and, and as I said before, uh, learning new skills and that. Uh, much as you're, you're a bit older in life, so maybe it's not as easy to learn new things. Mm. But it, I, I enjoy getting my teeth into something new, and, and polo has become one of those things. But it's an expensive sport to play, Dom. So <laughs> as in, uh, that is the only negative. As in, when my wife came back and they've done it all their life, and she was like, oh, we need to get a few ponies. We can have them at the yard, and you know, we could do this and that." And I'm thinking, well. The stables ideally are there for horses that are paying customers and then to, 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 to fill up a barn with polo ponies and then spend the summer spending our own hard-gotten hard gains to, to travel around and indulge uh, our passion might not be the right way to go about it. So maybe, maybe hopefully I'll get good enough that someone will want to pay me to play. That'd be the idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's certainly ideal, isn't it? Getting paid to play, of course. Um, yeah, well, we, we wish you obviously the best with your, with your progress on that, Charlie. Um, Tom, I, I thought, of course, we, we, we couldn't, um, you know, have you on the show and not discuss this old crack. Uh, you know, a fantastic horse, obviously re- retired at the at the back end of last season, a, a King George winner, a Stayers Hurdle winner, you know, many multiple group um, or graded races, I should say. Uh, you know, just simply a fantastic horse. And, and I'm assuming the best that you've ever ridden. Yeah, uh, um, yeah he, he would be the best I've ridden, um, I suppose, for... There's a period there for 18 months between, um, well, I suppose when he won the, uh, when he won the, the sort of long distance hurdle at Newbury, um, to unfortunately when he picked up his injury at Cheltenham. For those 18 months, he was un- unbeatable, um, whether it was hurdles or fences. He was just a, a fabulous horse, and um, it was a real. It wasn't just a pleasure to ride him; it was, a, it was an honour. And um, you know, they, fortunately, horses like those don't come along very often, and um, you know, he was. He, he certainly uh, um, a tremendous, tremendous horse to Yeah, uh, Charlie. We of course had Matty Bachelor uh, on the show uh, a, a few episodes ago, and, and we discussed Coney Gree, who of course won the uh, the Cheltenham Gold Cup as a novice. And you, you just don't really see it, you know, happen, you know, at that level that often. Uh, and, and for Thistle Crack to go and put in a, a display like that on, on Boxing Day a few years ago against previous winners such as Silvaniaco Conte and of course his legendary stablemate Q card just exemplifies, you know, particularly as Tom says during that spell, just how class he was. I mean, he was a phenomenal horse with with with, with a, 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 an enormous engine, and and I, like you said about Coney Gree, I mean, they both were special talents that that again when you we get so sort of greedy in, in racing and, and complacent and you think they're going to go on and dominate for years because of their sort of latent talent. But what, what, what they also highlight is how much you should appreciate them and, and those those unbelievable performances, especially Thistle Crack when, he, when they won the World Hurdle and the King George, yeah. how special they are because it's, 
it's not a given that they're going to keep doing it a year on year. And there's no doubt that the, 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 the minor injuries and things like that that affect their career, no different to a human athlete, are, are there and lurking in the background. And, mm. and yeah, we should just marvel at what were some very special days and for Tom and Pistolcrack, a great partnership that at one stage looked like it was going to dominate national hunt racing for years to come, but, but didn't. But that should take nothing away from a horse with it with a huge amount of ability and, and one of the stars of recent years. Yeah, yeah, very well said. And people go on, keep going about behind the scenes and stuff. But Colin and everybody down at um, down in Dorset did an incredible job with him because before he'd even got on the track, he'd had lots of physical mm. issues. I think he had problems with his pelvis before he ever ran. Um, they got him back, and you know it was always touch and go and then they say they had the, they had a clear run with him from when I won the uh, grade one the Sefton at, at Aintree through to obviously when he when he broke down at Cheltenham but there was always you know he he, he picked up a dispensary at Cheltenham he came back he then picked up another injury after the next year's King George he came back picked up another you know a, a different injury somewhere else you know it, all, all the time there was all the wear and tear and it wasn't just you know just sounds simple like they were patching him up and bringing him back but every time they brought it was great credit to the to him to you know, everybody um based with colin but also to the horse himself he, he kept coming back and his enthusiasm never waned um and you know for him to still you know it, when he was an old horse sort of um be placed in king george's after the amount of injuries he had mm. just showed you uh, you know the, the, the talent he did and actually you know you, you you always have great um admiration for these horses but you know having known and, and all the time you're knowing what's going on with fiscal crack you know if you you're you know it's it, 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 it you, you can't sort of make it public knowledge as 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 it's going on but it, you know all the way through he was never straightforward he always had his physical issues and for him to actually achieve what he did was, was speaks speaks volumes for them because he was expertly handled yeah 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 uh, i think uh, again not to forget that 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 runner up uh, behind behind Zobo as well uh, as you say Tom a, a fantastic performance particularly with uh, with with what had gone on before i think there's a, there's a video on youtube actually i, th- I think it's simply titled the season Thistlecrack became a monster, uh, and I think for any National Hunt fan, it's uh, it's it's you know poetry in motion, and it's it's definitely worth a watch, um, folks. We'll, we'll just finish uh, just on a, on a couple of, of horses to watch for the upcoming season. Um, Tom, I'll, I'll come to you first. This could be someone from you know David Pipe's yard or or, or elsewhere that you're you know a novice over fences, a novice over hurdles, or, or simply a bumper horse that you're you're looking forward to riding uh, in in twenty one twenty two. last year you know it's a, it's always a tricky one how they sort of go and um you know how, how they'll they'll go and uh, and improve out of their out of their grade as it were but um you know there's no reason why not and if it doesn't you know if he doesn't quite make the grade at the top class over hurdles there's no reason why he spends to get all the allowances again so He's got plenty of options. He'd, he'd be the most exciting one, I suppose, down at David's. Remastered had a great season last year. Mm-hmm. He'd, he'd be one for the for the big handicaps, and you hope that he might make the step up into, into graded races. Um, I rode a really nice horse um, of Sam Thomas's, which was unbeaten last year, called Sky Tastic. Uh, he won around Newbury in a race that worked out very well, mm-hmm. um, and then he dotted up at Doncaster. Um, I rode another nice horse from which won the graded bumper. At Newbury, but you know, Sky Tastic, um, he's a sort of one that was under the radar. 
um, look, got some lovely horses to look forward to, and um, you just hope they all, all, all stay in, in one piece. Um, Israel Champ, he's coming back from injury this season. He won, won a listed bumper, uh, not last season, the season before. Um, he won around Cheltenham and then under a penalty around Ascot, where yep. he beat uh, the very good horse of John Joe's, whose name escapes me now, that ended up winning um, the Bet Fair Hurdle, and yep. he beat Brave Man's Game, and, you know, the the amount of horses he's eaten that so you'd like to think you know he's going to be top top quality um provided his, his body stand stays in one piece um so yeah we've got we've got plenty to look forward to um but to say it's just getting close to the talk we've got to stop we've got to crack on and get on with it <laughs> absolutely I, i'm glad you provided an update on, on israel champ actually tom because i was going to ask you i think it was soaring glory i believe the the bet for her soaring glory. yeah that's right that's yeah yeah, Maybe, yeah. yeah. So and obviously, yeah, as you say, Brave Man's game as well. Um, it's it, it's it's form, uh, particularly uh, as a bumper horse that's stacked up. So, um, looking forward to seeing him uh, make his reappearance. Um, Charlie, as, as well, is is there a horse that you're most excited to see um, for the the upcoming national hunt season, either in in Britain or or perhaps across across the sea in Ireland? Yeah, I mean, look, of course, you're looking forward to Bob Ollinger and appreciating horses like that. If they're going to go chasing, it'd be very exciting. Uh, as something that's slightly lesser known. Well, my lovely horse of Ollie's that we broke in called Dr. Ken. He, he won a market raise and bumper, and so he hasn't done a whole heat yet, but I think potentially he could be a really nice horse. Uh, horses that we've we've sold, third time lucky, I think, goes novice chasing this year. Yep. Looks like he could be a pretty warm division, but uh, he's also, you know, he's been grade one placed a couple of times down a champion bumper and at entry, and I think he's a horse that could do even better for fences. And then a, we actually sold, there's just one to put in the notebook, he hasn't even ran yet, a, we sold a lovely jet-away horse to John Joe before he ran, but they've named Copper Cove. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think he could be a very nice horse. I mean, he might he might want a little bit of time, but uh, he was also always showed up very well. And we probably thought he was our best four-year-old we had to run in the spring. And obviously we didn't because he was sold before he ran, but hopefully he can go on to do very well down at Jackals. Yeah, some uh, some great insight there, Charlie. Thank you for that. Uh, I'm I'm going to go slightly more generic, uh, and I'm just going to say Fernie Hollow because I think that 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 form with uh, with Appreciate It and, and Bob Ollinger has obviously worked out as as good as possible. Uh, obviously, he, he won a maiden hurdle, I think, didn't he, at the first time of asking. So it looks like he'll be in open company next season, um, and hopefully for a clash with uh, with Honeysuckle, who of course uh, it was confirmed earlier this week that she'll stay um, over hurdles and, and try and retain her champion hurdle crown. Um, folks, uh, thank. Thank you very much for your time uh, this morning on the on the Paddock's Picks podcast. Uh, Char- um, I should say, Tom, we wish you the, the best of luck uh, at Stratford today uh, and obviously enjoy your well-deserved break uh, in, the, in the coming weeks. Uh, and Charlie, uh, enjoy the rest of your week and we'll catch up with you very soon. Cheers, Tom. Cheers, Tom. Thanks, guys.